we know that the events of Christmas and the images of Christmas have been placed in front of our eyes many times in paintings, also in statues like our small manger scene up here. And we gaze upon them. And we gaze upon their beauty and their stillness and the loveliness of the mother and the child, the father, the shepherds, the animals. We also sing about them in so many wonderful carols that have been written in so many countries, and we sing them each year, these sweet songs. Away in the manger in silent night, and hark the herald angels sing. But it can be easy to stay on that superficial, beautiful, sweet level and not ask ourselves, what was it actually like to live this? It's so wonderful to tell a great story of any of the saints, and certainly of the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph and the baby Jesus. And it's an amazing story. Every time those who follow the Lord, those who are being guided by Him on their path, but to live it? Consider, Joseph and Mary almost parted ways. Joseph almost divorced her quietly. And it took the message of an angel to let him know, yes, this is the Son of God, and yes, you do belong here as his foster father. Then everything was going to go fine, right? Well, what happens when Mary's in the middle of her ninth month of pregnancy, but the emperor decides to move people around? And suddenly... At the worst possible time, they have to make an 80-mile journey to Bethlehem. Surely wondering if they would even get there before she had to give birth. Well, they got there, and there was nowhere for them to stay. Nowhere. Now, we know the end of the story, but they didn't. Surely, how many times in twists and turns along the way were they saying to the Lord, What is going on? The Son of God, Mary might have said, is within my womb, and yet everything is going wrong. Now here we are. She could probably feel the birth starting to happen, and they're banging on doors trying to find somewhere to get in and wondering what on earth is going to happen. Well, we know they were given the barn, the cave where the animals stayed. And no sooner... Is the baby born? And now they're going to have some peace, but these shepherds show up. Shepherds who some of the records suggest were considered dishonorable, dishonest people, people you wouldn't even listen to in a court of law. But of course, the shepherds had their own story to tell. The shepherds had been out minding their own business, taking care of their flocks in the fields, watching over them at night when there was this blaze of glory And they were freaking out because a heavenly warrior stood before them. That's what sore afraid means. But they had heard that news. The news that something that they had been longing for their whole lives was beginning. The Messiah, the Savior they had been waiting for, had been born right near where they were. All they had to do was go into town. And they would see him lying in a feeding trough. And they did. 
This is what it was like for them to live this story in the unknown, the unexpected, things going wrong, not knowing what was ahead, having to ask God at every turn what was going on. Surely it took nerves of steel. And if that happens for us, when we're seeking to know and follow God's will, it shouldn't surprise us, should it? If this happened with the birth of our Savior. So we noticed something else. It was last night in the Mass during the night that we heard about the angel's message to the shepherds. And we notice today the story picks back up. And the shepherds don't say, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what's on TV tonight. No. They do something about it. We know that it's possible to hear a message and not to do anything about it. St. James talks about it being like someone who goes and looks in the mirror and then just walks away. It doesn't change anything about what they've discovered. Or Jesus, who talks about how to hear his words and not follow them. It's like building your house on sand so that the huge storm wipes it away. Whereas to follow them is like building your house on rock. And the shepherds did something about it. What did they do? We notice they did three things. One, they got up and went. They went into Bethlehem to see this thing that the angels had told them. The second thing is that they were telling people. They told Mary and Joseph, and they probably told everyone else, all about the news that the angel had told them and the baby they had seen. And then as they left, they were praising God. And how could they not for this gift that he had given to them? They went and saw. They told people and they praised God. And maybe we should take a look at those three things as we consider for us having looked again at this news of the Incarnation, our Savior's birth, how will we respond? Well, let's take them in reverse order. The third thing the shepherds did was that they praised God. And here you are at Holy Mass, which always is an action of thanksgiving in union with Christ to the Father. Here you and I are to thank and praise God for this event, this third thing that the shepherds did, we are here to do. What about the second thing? The second thing they did was that they told people, is there anybody you know who needs to hear this news? We heard in the first reading about how the coming Savior was such, a good, such good news to those who had suffered, to those who had been beaten down, to those who were in darkness and felt forsaken, to hear of God's love, to hear of how the Son had been sent and of how he had come to save and heal them. This was good news. Who do you know that needs to hear that news? Think about it. Maybe some are not open to hearing about it right now, but some are. Somebody probably needs to hear that news from you. And like the shepherds, 
how could you stop yourself from telling them about this wonderful news that they need to hear? And then we come to the first thing that the shepherds did, which is that they got up and went. And here we might think about a special phrase that the church sings at some point during this season. In Latin, admirabile commercium, a marvelous exchange. St. Paul said, Christ, though he was rich, became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. St. Irenaeus in the 100s said, This is why God became man. The Son of God became the Son of Man, so that man might become the Son of God. We heard in the second reading, St. Paul mentioned baptism, the watery birth. That is where this gift is given to us. This exchange. This is why he became a son of man. This is why he was born in Bethlehem. So that we might become sons and daughters of God. And might live that day by day. That we might enter into that story. That we might join hands with Joseph and Mary and the shepherds. And realize that if we follow Jesus, our life will never be boring again. And it will take nerves of steel as we wonder with them what on earth is going on and what is this going to happen and how will the story end? But we know how their story ended. And so we trust the Lord as we follow him. We give thanks and praise to God. We tell others. And we make this wonderful exchange so we might become and live as children of God. Not all of those Christmas carols are simple and peaceful. At least one of them expresses what faced those shepherds that day as it was time to respond to the news they had heard. It's in French. It begins, Quitte Pasteur, and it translates, Shepherds, leave your ewes your crooks, your hamlet, and the care of the flock. Exchange your tears for a perfect joy. Go all and adore a God, a God who comes to console you. Merry Christmas.